Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Now, having heard the song, to all the dads in this room, young and old, I have a question for you. Do your children see Jesus in you? We're not suggesting that you be perfect. None of us are. We're not suggesting that you'll never make a mistake. All of us do. But in spite of that, your kids can and should see Jesus in you. And it's not too late. Maybe you're an older dad in this room. You got grandkids. You got great grandkids. I, I saw my dad develop more as a Christian in the last 10 years of his life, and he lived almost to be 90. I saw more Christian development in him and fruit in him from 80 to 90 than any other part of his life. And I saw Jesus and my dad. Yeah, I saw his faults. I saw his shortcomings, and he had them, as I do, as you do. But I could see Jesus in him, and I knew that he wanted me to see Jesus in him. While you might not get it right every day, and I might not get it right every day, is it at least your heart's desire? Are you even conscious of it, dads, that you're working at it? Oh, yeah, we're going to blow it. We're going to mess up, and sometimes terribly so. But nonetheless, Is it your desire? Or do you just assume, I can't do it, I'm not even going to worry about it? Our children should see Jesus in us. A pastor explained how Saturday was a work day to get things done around their house because of work and family and the church responsibilities. And just a few weeks ago, he and his youngest son, Jeff, who was six years old, had just finished mowing the lawn and We're putting away things, and the pastor thought it would be a terrific opportunity to rest and spend a few minutes with his six-year-old Jeff. So the two of them crawled up on the family's trampoline, and they laid down, and they gazed up into the blue sky. With a puzzled look, Jeff turned and asked his dad, Dad, why are we here? The pastor thought this would be a great teaching opportunity, so he explained how we're children of our Father in heaven and how he has sent us here because he loves us and wants to experience the things he has created and wants us to experience the things he's created for us. And he goes on to say how he wants us to serve one another, to learn, to grow, and to develop those qualities that will allow us to return to live with him someday. The father paused, thinking he had done a commendable job, and asked if that had answered his question. Jeff responded, not really. The pastor began to think how else he might be able to answer the question when Jeff again asked his dad, Dad, why are we here? Weren't we supposed to pick up mom about an hour ago? It can be challenging being a dad. I want to wish all the fathers here today, young and old alike, a happy Father's Day. 
the message this morning, as I was explaining just a bit ago, and you did a great job, Jaleesa, that, the, the message is based on the song by Ron Hamilton, I Saw Jesus in You. He wrote that as a tribute to his then-deceased dad. Concerning that song, Ron Hamilton, who is, by the way, Patch the Pirate, some of you know who that is, he said the following. He said, it's hard to describe the emotions that have continued to flood my soul since my dad went home to heaven. Even though dad had Alzheimer's disease for the last 12 years of his life, I still wasn't ready for him to leave. He was my hero. He was my friend. He and my mother raised three kids to love God, and by God's grace, we are all serving our Lord today. And concerning this song, he says, working on this recording brought me a lot of joy and a lot of tears. But most of all, it brought into sharp focus the really important things in life. My father loved the Lord with all his heart, and he loved those around him more than he loved himself. It's quite a humbling revelation to be sitting at your father's funeral and to realize that the ordinary man you call dad was perhaps the wisest man you had ever known. He says, I thank God that I can look back over the years and genuinely say, thank you, dad, for letting me see Jesus in you. That's a fabulous idea. The idea that our children should see Jesus in us. That is a Bible principle. In Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6, it says, As ye have therefore received Christ, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now this is meant for everyone, but this morning we'll focus on dads. If you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Walk ye, live your life in him. Not in yourself, not in your own desires, not in your own will, not in your own strength, not in your own power, not in your own desires, not in your own excuses. But walk ye in him. And our children should see us walking in Jesus. Now, why is that important? Because, dads, it is important. And again, you're not, we're not setting forth an idea that you cannot achieve. Again, we are men. I'm a man. I'm a pastor. But I am a sinner. I blow it. I blow it with my wife sometimes. I blow it with my children sometimes. But I still want, as best I can and as much as the Lord will help me, I still want my children to see Jesus in me. It is a conscious part of my life. Is it a conscious part of your life? It ought to be. Because your children, it is important that they see Jesus in you. Ephesians 6, 4 puts it very bluntly, dads, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And ye fathers. Ye fathers. That's pretty specific. This is telling us that fathers are going to have a huge impact on the lives of their children. You are, and you can't opt out. You may say, well, I'm not even involved in my children. Therefore, you are having an impact. Whether intentionally or by default, every father will influence his children for good or for bad. Through your actions, your attitudes, your life, you will either provoke them to wrath, 
You will cause them to have a bitter spirit. You will cause them to not appreciate the things of God or God himself. Or you'll bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. To to nurture them means you will promote their spiritual growth. You, You are doing it on purpose. You understand the value of their spiritual growth. And you are intentionally trying to grow them spiritually. And it talks about the admonition of the Lord. That means to instruct them in the Lord. Instruct them in their duties. Instruct them in their responsibilities. So the Bible is very clear. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And every one of us men in this room by default, is influencing our children for good or for bad. You know, I've taught up here there's a love bank between husbands and wives. And everything we do and everything we say, we are either contributing deposits in the love bank or we're making withdrawals from the love bank. There's a love bank, Dad, between you and your children. Oh, just as real as the one between you and your wife. And dads, everything you and I do, we're either making deposits in that love bank or we're making withdrawals from that love bank. Understand, how do you do this? I'm supposed to be bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I I heard this years ago. I can't tell you the source. I've never forgotten it. And I bring it to this pulpit every now and again. And I bring it again this morning. We teach a little by what we say, more by what we do but most by who we are. That is sobering. That is sobering. I don't know that I recall my dad sitting me down and teaching me a lot of lessons. I really can't recall that. I'm sure he did. But I know I watched my dad live. And again, he wasn't perfect. But thankfully, what I remember are his good qualities, his noble qualities, Life lessons that I learned just by watching my dad. I think I have a pretty good work ethic that I attribute, attribute, humanly speaking, to watching my dad. You know, when I was a kid, he was a young man. And he was working at Gulf States Utilities in a power plant generating electricity on the banks of the Mississippi River. He worked uh, shift work, hard-working guy. And then whenever he had a day off or time free, he, on the side, he would uh, remodel houses, do, do carpentry work. He, he built the house that we lived in at 4165 Sycamore Street down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He taught me a lesson on his day off when he would get in the car and drive over to someone's house and work on remodeling a bathroom or a small addition to a house. That's what he would do. Fellas, we're teaching all the time. We need to be conscious of that. We, and we need to accept that. We need to be glad that we have that influence on our children's lives and we exert a major influence in their lives because the world is certainly trying to influence them. Television's working real hard to influence them. Movies and, and school and athletes and what have you. Our hands aren't tied. We can have an influence, and we should have an influence, and we need to embrace that. One of my heroes growing up was the coach at UCLA back in the heyday when they probably had the best 
biggest sports dynasty in the history of sports, and that was UCLA, their basketball team, John Wooden. When I was coaching, I would read everything I can from John Wooden. He was one of my heroes growing up. And he said this, being a role model is the most powerful form of educating. Too often, fathers neglect it because they get so caught up in making a living, they forget to make a life. Oh, it's important to make a living. But understand, we're making a life. And I tell you, I, I didn't plan on saying this, it just came to mind. Let, let, me in, let me say something positive about young dads. I see a lot of young dads, and Sharon and I have commented on this, that are way more involved in their children. And Sharon's nodding her agreement with me because we've discussed this, because we see it with our two sons, that are probably way more involved than my generation was with our children. And I think that's a very positive thing, that they're just more hands-on with the kids, and that's a very good thing in serving as a role model. And you can be no better role model than for your children to see the character qualities of Christ lived and modeled in your life as an example for them to follow. And that'll give them the best chance in life to make it. Folks, it isn't good enough for them just to graduate from school without being a dropout. It's not good enough to start life by not having a criminal record. That's all commendable. But life is so much more significant than that. Life is about them knowing the Lord is their Savior and being committed to Him. So let me give you this morning seven character qualities. We'll go through each of them quickly. Seven character qualities of Jesus that your children should see modeled in your life every day. And you can do this. You you, you can model this in in your life before your children. So let's look at seven character qualities of Christ this morning that you can model in your life where your children can say, as Ron Hamilton did about his dad, your children can say about you also, I saw Jesus in you. If they see these seven character qualities in you, they will be seeing Jesus in you, and it will be to their benefit, to their blessing. Number one, children will see Jesus in you when they see you serve humbly. When they see you serve humbly. Do your children see you serving? Do they see you at church? Do they see you involved? You say, well, I can't preach. I can't teach. Well, a lot of people can't do that. Can you mow grass? Can you sweep? Can you do a small electrical job or or whatever? We're talking about serving humbly. Listen, that was modeled by Jesus, John 13, 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things in his hands and that he was was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel therewith he was girded. Washing someone else's feet was a role in this day and age that was limited to slaves. And these men no doubt were shocked. When, in fact, Peter argued with him. They were shocked that Jesus would wash their feet. And he was modeling for you and I this humble service for others. Do your children see that in you? Children need to witness the joy of and the satisfaction that you get 
from serving others, going out of your way to help a widow lady, going out of your way to help a a friend in need, and, and sacrificing something that you were wanting to do and putting it on the back burner because there's a special work day at church. They need to see their dad not only serving, but serving with joy. And when they see you serving, you don't have to teach them. The lesson speaks for itself. You know, that, you know, I'm going to be home a little later. Uh, widow Lady Johnson, her, her car won't start. And I think I know what the problem is. And I'm going to be a little while late getting home. I'm going to go by her house and help her. Our, our, our pastor said that, you know, uh, picnic tables needed to be cleaned. And, you know, uh, I'm going to go over and help clean those picnic tables. And you're not grumbling about it, but you're, you're, you just do it. And kids are watching that. That's a powerful message. Children will see Jesus in you when they see you serve humbly. Number two, children will see Jesus in you when they see you living righteously. When they see you living righteously. Sure, we're going to blow it occasionally. I mean, we're not going to be perfect till we get to heaven. But they can see you growing. They, 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 they can see, well, look at 1 John 3, 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Okay, Jesus was righteous. Righteous means to do right. And when they see you doing right, then they are seeing Jesus in you because he modeled righteousness. If I could use my dad as an illustration, I mean, I... In kind of a negative way, I never heard or saw my dad call in sick when he wasn't. I don't ever recall catching my dad in a lie. My dad demonstrated, to my knowledge, truthfulness, which is righteousness. To be righteous means to do that which is right. Children need to see the blessings that come with living a holy and righteous life. It's very important for us to do that. And that's something you can do. And when you blow it, and you probably, we, we probably will, you can make it right with your kid. Hey, Dad blew it. I, I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. You know, and I went to those people, and I, and I apologized, and I asked them to forgive me. And I know that you know about that, and I'm not going to cover it up. I'm not going to make excuses. Johnny, do you un- understand? Dad did wrong. I asked him to forgive me. Will, will you forgive me? As he was righteous, if we're going to, if people are going to see Jesus in us, then we're going to have to be righteous. Number three, children will see Jesus in you when they see you demonstrate love. When, when they see a loving father. A a love for the Lord, a love for your children, a love for others. Ephesians 5.1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. There he is. He's modeling it. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Christ has demonstrated the very essence of love, so much so that he died for us. He loved us so much that he died for us. And our children need to know that we really love them. 
And we demonstrate that by spending time with them. They, they know we love them when we, when we involve ourselves in, our li- in, in their lives. I, I've told you before, one of the tragic stories from my past, all the way back to Baton Rouge. A uh, young man in our Christian school played sports. Parents never came. Never, you know, just come to the ball game, support him. You know, dad might say, well, I, I, don't, I don't like basketball. What, you like him, <laughs> you know. He likes basketball. And that young man ended up having a troubled life. I'm not going to throw his parents under the bus for that, but I know that that didn't help. It couldn't have helped. Children need to know that their dad truly loves them by, by spending time with them, investing in them. You know, I, I think one of the mistakes that I made as a young dad, and like I say, I think in some respects things are changing for the better, and a lot of young dads being more involved, but I would be doing projects around that. I might, might be washing the car. And I, I, this is a regret that I have. And lots of times it might have been uh, Jeremy or it might be Matt, uh, never Aaron. I'm mad at Aaron this morning, so we're not going there with, with Aaron. But, you know, they're out there, and what do they want to do? They want to help. They want to help. And how many times that I just tell them, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. And I, I guess I was busy, but I, I should have never been too busy for them. That is, I'm just, this is a confession this morning. I wish I had that to do over again. Because there was lots of times I was in too much of a hurry. I should have let them help. You know, here, take the hose, spray the car, spray me. We'll call mom when she comes out, spray her. You can't wash your car without somebody coming outside and them getting wet. Can I hear amen, dads? Somebody's going to get wet. If you're washing the car and somebody has the nerve to come outside, they're going inside wet, and in Sharon's case, wet and mad, both at at the same time. One of the best ways, dads, you can demonstrate love to your children is by loving their mother. Just truly loving their mother. Number four, children will see Jesus in you when they see you practice forgiveness. When they see you practice forgiveness. We don't need dads that are bitter. We don't need dads that are holding a grudge. Jesus, what did he model for us? Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Jesus demonstrated forgiveness and forgiving us of our sins against him. It sends a strong message to our children when we, when they see us forgiving somebody else. Love is powerful. And when your children know that somebody has hurt you and you don't hold it against them, you don't hold a grudge, you are sending them a very, very powerful message. And you send them a very powerful message when they have done something wrong and you have had to punish them. And they come to you and they say with tears coursing down their cheeks, Dad, I am sorry. And you grab them and give them a big hug and you say, that's okay, I love you. I forgive you, that's okay. Now, don't do it again, but I love you and you are forgiven. Now, go outside and have some fun. Children will see Jesus in you when they see you practice forgiveness. Number five, children will see Jesus in you when they see you endure tough times. Tough times. We're going to all go through tough times. 
kids are going to be watching how we handle those tough times. Jesus went through tough times. We get inspiration from him. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He endured and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Christ constantly received unjust ridicule, setbacks, and people that hated him, and yet he saw his mission through. He was undeterred. He never threw in the towel. And when we go through tough times and we don't get angry at God, angry at the preacher, angry at the church, and, you know, and, and, we, and we continue on and we keep serving, that sends a powerful message to children that this is valuable. A dad that wears his feelings on his sleeves and, you know, one little thing goes against what he thinks ought to be done at church and, you know, he's mad and he's not going or, I, you know, coming up with excuses. Kids are watching. Dad, right. you're not going to church tonight? No. Now, you may not tell him it's because of something at church. You just don't go deep on that. The more powerful message is, well, of course we're going to church. What would make, I mean, and you still may have the issue, but you're handling it right. You're, you're handling tough times right. That's what Jesus did, who endured the cross. Dad should be positive in their faith. Amen. When they're going through tough times, when their church is going through tough times, when there's tough times in the economy, when there's tough times at work, We need to model for them strength that we get through the Lord Jesus Christ. Number six, children will see Jesus in you when they see you display humility. When they see you display humility. We saw that in Jesus. We've already talked about him washing the feet. But how about Philippians 2? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, let this be seen in you. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Jesus demonstrated great humility by coming to earth as a servant to serve others, to serve you and I. And that's a powerful message. When when children view a dad that's arrogant, he knows it all, I don't need to go to church. Or, you know, you're constantly critical of the pastor, constantly critical of the Sunday school teacher, constantly critical of everybody. You know, they think, okay, that's the way to be. That's what's being modeled to them. And they will end up being critical or could end up being critical in the same way. But have you noticed people like that are filled with pride? And have you noticed that proud people are the most miserable people on the face of the earth? The people that know it all. The people that don't. I don't need the preacher. I don't need no preacher telling me what to do. You never see any real joy in their soul or in their spirit. Children will see Jesus in you when they see you display humility. And lastly, and there's lots of other qualities we could talk about. Time doesn't permit, so just seven. Jesus, uh, children will see Jesus in you when they witness your generosity. I think one of the things that I remember most about my dad, in addition to his work ethic, was his generosity. 
generous to me and my two brothers even well up into our adulthood. And my mom and dad were okay. They weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination, but they reached the point in time in their life where their house was paid for, their car was paid for. I remember my dad, I've said this before, in his late 80s with Parkinson's, the last time he'd come up here to visit. I'd go pump the gas in my car. And I'd see him getting out of the car. And he's, he's scuffling at that time, reaching for his wallet. And no, Dad, no, no. No, 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 I, I got this. That's a powerful memory that I think helps. I want to be generous like that. And I try to be. And I think I got that from my dad. And dad got that from the Lord. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That ye through his poverty might be rich. Christ gave everything he had. Let your children know the joy of giving. Let them hear you talk to your wife about, okay, we need a pole barn. That's a real need. We don't need to leave that equipment out. That's, that's not, we're not being good stewards. You know, what can we give? Maybe $10 a month for the next 10 months or whatever. And your kids see that. That's a powerful message. That is a good message. That's going to make them kind and generous. So, will your children see Jesus in you? It isn't always easy. And we fellows, myself included, do make mistakes. But it's got to be something that we are aware of and we are valuing and with God's help we're going to pursue. I like these two quotes. First one, being a dad is my most important job because it not only affects my children, but their children and many generations to come. Amen? And I love this quote. I had to put this quote in. Sometimes the poorest man leaves his children the richest inheritance. Is that not profound? Is that not true? The poorest of man in this room is in a position. If his children see Jesus in him, to leave them an amazingly rich inheritance. Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture, in the admonition of the Lord. You don't have to be perfect, Dad, because you can't be and I can't be. But you can sure work at being the best Christian you can be. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myobaptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.